Well, hello, hello. How you doing, everybody? This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, and this is episode number 172. Now, folks, I want to thank you guys very, very much because the last few episodes have, have gone nuts. You know, I had one episode that was the, the number one episode of all time, but the last few episodes are probably at some point in the next few weeks going to catch that episode because of you. Because uh, I, I came back and looked at the stats and I was like, where the hell are all these people coming from? And uh, <laughs> obviously the reason that they're here is because uh, of your kindness and you telling everybody about the, the, the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So I want to say thank you very much for that. And I appreciate you. I really do. You know, I appreciate all that you guys have done for me. I appreciate the kind words and you know, the retweets and the reblogs and all of that stuff. It means a lot to me. And I and, uh, just want to thank you guys for that. So now, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to hear me talk about weird crap on episode number 172? Of course you are, because that's what I do, damn it. So are you ready? Good. Roll that theme song now. Go! Uh, guys, let me ask you a question. Uh, this is something I've always wondered, wondered about other people. Have you ever been really good at something, stopped doing that thing for a long period of time, and then gone back to it? You know, how did you feel about that? Because uh, sometime early next year, I'm going to be beginning, probably January, most likely January, December or January, I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy again. And it's been a while since I actually did active stand-up comedy. I've done a show here or there. But that was my old show. I hadn't begun working on the new one yet. And this is the first time in a long period of time where I've actually I'm literally starting completely from scratch. Usually what happens is I have a show that I've written I'm, I'm, I'm happy with and everything's cool. And then I begin testing little bits of here and there. Uh, and then eventually that the little bits that I test add up to about another hour. And then I shift into the next hour material and push the other hour material out of the way. And I, you know that's the way you keep, uh, keep everything fresh. But this is the first time since I actually started doing stand-up at 17 that I actually came in from a long layoff. And I mean, a long layoff from active stand-up. and started doing it again because at 17, I hadn't done stand-up at all because I was just learning to do it. And now as a grown man, it's the first time I've had to deal with that in a long period of time. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous about it. And, I, and I'm not even afraid to admit it. Because I remember what happened the last time I had a layoff from stand-up comedy that lasted a length of time. I was living in Los Angeles, and I was so busy trying to become Mr. Superstar and all of that kind of crap that I it kind of you know, got away from what got me there in the first place. So you pick up the microphone again after a long layoff, and you think you can go back to being who you were and doing what you did, but you can't because you were laid off from it from a, for a long period of time. In a, in, a, in, a, in a way, I kind of know how an athlete feels after they say they were an all-star athlete. They get injured and they're off. They have like a, a severe injury and it makes them miss two seasons, not one season, two seasons. And people kind of forget about them. They think they're not coming back. And then they finally get back to the game and they get back on the court. And people just expect them to be able to do the things they used to do back in the day. But they can't right away. They can't do it. Because when they were on the court before, they had never stopped playing basketball since they were eight years old. They played till they were 28 years old, get injured, come back at 30, and people expect them to be able to do what they just, just jump back on the court. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, you, you, yeah, you were running around playing pickup basketball. You were running around in the gym. You were running around the track. But it's not the same thing as getting on the court with a bunch of people who did not have a layoff, who, whose sole purpose is to score points and to stop you. All of a sudden, when you used to be able to run up, up the court, you'd see openings, you'd see the a clear shot to the basket, and you'd make that quick move, and you'd drive in and dunk. You'd try to make that quick move, and you are huffing and puffing because you are not in basketball shape yet. You're not in basketball shape cardiovascularly, and you're not in basketball shape with your muscles yet. Nope, not yet. Not, you know you're going to be there, but you're not there now. 
And that's how I feel stand-up wise. I know what's about to happen. It's happened to me one other time. I know I'm going to go back up on that stage and expect to be able to do the things I used to be able to do and it ain't going to happen. And I know it. I know I'm going to go on stage with jokes that aren't ready yet and there's going to be ones that people don't laugh at and they're going to look at me like, really? I know this and I haven't had that feeling in a long time. The feeling of saying something and not knowing what the response is going to be. I haven't had that feeling in a long time, but I know what's coming. <laughs> it reminds me of when I was in my best shape and how, how much weight I used to lift and how much running I used to do. And you know what happens? Sometimes life takes you away. Life takes you away. It's like being a, a, a guy who was an, an athlete in college or a lady who was an athlete in college. You get married, you have kids, and you're doing your thing, and you're hanging around with your kids, you're playing your kids, you go to your office job, and instead of working out, you just want to watch a movie on the couch with your spouse eating pizza, and then run. maybe you run around with the kids a little bit and all of that, and you think you're in shape because you think you were in shape like you were when you were in shape, but you're not in shape, you bastard. And then you decide, you know what, damn it, I want to get back in shape. And you go to the gym and you start working out and you realize you are really not in shape. I remember when I was in my best shape and then I go back to when I got heavy and I remember what I used to be able to do. I remember what I used to be able to bench press. So like a jackass, I go back into the gym. I pick up the plates and I put on the weights that were the weights that I remembered lifting the last time I lifted weights when I was in great shape and I get in there and I put the little powder on the hands and i climb up underneath the weights and i'm getting ready to take care of this business and try to take care of these weights i lay on the bench you're getting all ready you're laying down and you're looking at that bar and you're going i'm going to lift this just like i used to lift this back in the day this is going to be nothing i'm the man damn it i lifted these weights before these weights know i lifted them before yeah it's a different gym yeah it's a different coach yeah it's a different decade yeah that's right but it doesn't matter i own these weights these weights are punks compared to me and there's nothing these weights can do about it so you put your hands on the bar and you're looking at that weights and you start to get ready and you lower the weights down to your chest. Yeah. And you look at it and you go, here we go. And you push and you, you push some more. And, um, you, you try to push some more and, and now you realize the only thing you're pushing now is vomit from your stomach up to your to your throat and into your mouth. And you're trying to push some more. And um, you're really wishing that you had let those two dudes that said they wanted a spot for you spot for you because now you can't get the thing up. OK, you got it up about two or three inches, but that's about as far as it's going up. And now your hands are shaking and there are people looking at you and there's a lady behind the counter that sells protein shakes and she's already preparing to call the ambulance for when your hands give out and that bar lands on your chest and sends you into the basement. And then two dudes who are actually in shape run up and grab the bar. But you don't even realize that happened because your hands were shaking so hard. The powder that you have on your hands is in your eyes and you can't see crap and you're trying to push the bar up and you're also trying trying not to pee on yourself at least i think you're not peeing on yourself maybe you are i think you just did and then the bar goes up and you think you did it but as it turns out you didn't just get strong all of a sudden those two dudes lifted the bar up for your punk ass and you're going ah ha ha that's one <coughs> nine to go Okay, you get off of the bench because you realize you're a jackass and you start doing other workouts and you're lifting weights and running and doing the stuff you did when you were in shape. But you're not in shape. But you think you're in shape, but you're not in shape. And that happened to me. You come home and, well, it's a little more complicated coming home than, than that. I mean, you, you actually try to walk out of the gym and you see your car 120 yards away and then you make it to your car eventually. I mean, it was dark when you were walking toward your car and it's light now because it took you that long. And people are going, hey, you're back. And I'm going, no, I'm still leaving. And then you get in the car. Well, eventually get in the car. Someone has to open the door for you. And you sit down. I'm OK. I can make it from here. 
And then you realize you can barely get your hands up to the damn steering wheel. And you're crying a little bit, allegedly. <laughs> I don't care what the people who saw it said. I, that wasn't happening. Shut up. And then you get the car home. You drive home. You get the car home. You roll up the steps. You get up into the bedroom and you go to sleep. Or pass out. I don't know which one it was. Either way, there was some unconsciousness involved. And then you wake up the next day and you can't move. You kind of move like a snake toward the bed until you get your back pressed up against the bed. You use what's left of your leg strength to push you up. You roll onto the bed. You kind of worm your way against the wall. You put your back against the wall. You push your feet and you stand up on the bed. Then you step off the bed and now you're walking again. Eventually. Because you're in really, 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 really bad pain. But you know the destination is worth it. It's like anything else, man. (laughs) You know how tough it's going to be. I know how tough it's going to be to do stand-up. I know what it's like to step on the stage and, you know, say something that people go, really, you thought that was funny? I know how tough that is. And I know I'm going to have to go through that. Just like at the gym, you go through that pain in the beginning. You know you're going to be in shape if you keep doing it. You know there's a point A and a point B. Point B is you being in shape. For me, point B is being in shape. And point B is being a great stand-up again. I know that I have to get from point A to point B. But I also know there's a whole lot of space between point A and point B. And I know you can relate to that. I know you've all been there. You've all done something that you were really good at. And you took some time off, a whole lot of time off. And then all of a sudden you had to go back to doing it or wanted to go back to doing it. And you're like, oh, crap. Maybe you're a lady and you took some time off because you wanted to raise the kids up until they were a certain age. And then you wanted to go back and get into the workforce. But then you realize, oh, crap, my skills are crap compared to these people who are now doing this point and power this point and this double PowerPoint and triple PowerPoint and quadruple PowerPoint. I didn't know there was a quadruple PowerPoint and a double PowerPoint and triple this and triple that. And now you got to go back to school. But wait a minute. You graduated from college 20 years ago. You don't want to go back for this crap. I got to get a degree in what? Oh, man. And now you got to learn how to learn again. Same thing with the dudes, man. You know, maybe you maybe you retired early. And maybe you're going, you know what? I, I'm active. I can still do it. I'm going to get back out in the workforce. I'm going to start my own business. And you, you, you started your own business. And then you retired from your own business. And now you're starting your business from scratch. And you're going, damn it. The last time I did this, I was 20. I'm 72 years old now. This sucks. I got to do this and do that. And it's been a long time since you started a business from scratch. And you know you can do it. You did it before. And you know that that's point B. And you're at point A. And there's a lot of space between point A and point B. But you know, if you don't stop, you'll get to point B. And that's the weird thing that I'm going through right now. That's the really weird thing that I'm going through right now regarding getting back to stand up. I haven't done it in a while. I was damn good at it. I really was. And I will be damn good at it again. But I know what's about to happen. And it's a little bit scary for me. (laughs) I'm going to have to be unfunny for a while. Until I get funny again at the level that I was funny before. And I ain't looking forward to it. (laughs) I know it's going to take me three to six months to get back to where I was. But it's going to be a long three to six months. January, February, March, April, May. And in June, I'll be back in comedic shape. I know that. But good Lord, does it suck knowing what's coming. You know like being in school and you know the bully is going to beat the crap out of you they're not going he's not or she's not going to actually kill you but you're going to get your ass whooped there's no avoiding it you know once they whip your ass they're going to move on to whooping somebody else's ass and won't even acknowledge you anymore you know that that's usually how it works back in the day the bully would beat the crap out of you and then they get bored whipping your ass and then move on to somebody else and they wouldn't even acknowledge your existence anymore but you know the ass whooping is coming you know you're going to survive it you know what's gonna hurt but you gotta deal with it anyway and that's what i know what's happened it's gonna happen to me i know i'm gonna have to take my learning how to be a high level stand-up ass whooping i know once i get this ass whooping i'll be back in shape but i know it's coming (laughs) and there's a part of me that is not looking forward to it but fortunately 
there's the other 80% of me that knows what point B feels like because I've been there before. And when I get there, when I get to point B and I'm back to being at least what I was before I put the microphone down, I'm expecting to see you, a whole lot of you. I'm going to be looking for you. I'm going to be looking for you bastards to come out and see me because by then I'll be back on the top of my game and you will not be disappointed. I hope. Segment over. Okay, guys, let me ask you a question. Something, something, uh, something interesting happened to, to the S machine recently. I fell out of love with a dream woman. Not a dream woman that I actually knew, but a dream woman that I fantasized about. And it really wrecked my day. And the bad part about it is it wasn't even the first time that this had actually happened to me. It had happened to me before. You ever had a, you ever, I'm, I'm moving a fan if you're wondering what that sound is. I'm moving a fan to the floor because it's kind of hot in here and I needed to have the fan on me. But I didn't need it blowing in my damn face. Anyway, now have you ever had a dream woman or a dream man and, and you kind of, you know, it's like those when you look at a movie and you see them from, a, from across the room or across the street or something like that and they're moving in slow motion and a really bad 80s soundtrack movies playing in the background and there's an idealized version of them and they're all boom, doom, boom, doom, 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 boom, boom. You know, and they're walking towards you and they're taking their clothes off like they're coming towards you. And then you snap back to attention and realize there's just they're just walking towards you to sit down at a table near where you are. And they even know you exist, but you're sitting there fantasizing about them and wishing that they were yours and they're not yours and they're never going to be yours. And you know it, but it doesn't stop you from fantasizing about them, does it? No, it doesn't. What well, that happened to me. And I'm not even talking about the recent one that I fell out of love with. I'm talking about it happened to me a long time ago in my pre having a car days. You know, you ever just see somebody on the bus or something and or, or at the lunch truck and they talk, oh, man, look at that person. And you fantasize about them. Well, this happened to me. I was getting on a bus and I saw the woman of my dreams get on a bus and she was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. It's like somebody went into my mind and found out all the things that I think attractive are attractive in the most beautiful woman in the world and put them all into one woman at one time and put that one woman on the bus one row of seats away from me i didn't even bother stepping up to her because i never could really make that move she was so far away from me physically there were so many people on the bus but i could always just sit back from afar and just enjoy the vision of her and look at her and thinking that woman is perfect i wish that woman was with me and it was the one of the best things in the world just to be in the same bus with this woman and it was great because she was always on the same bus that I was on. So you knew damn well I was never going to miss my bus because my bus connected with her bus and her bus connected with my bus. And she was on the same bus I was on. And if you got in between me and her where I could take a look at her, I'd bust you in the head. She was awesome. We've all had those people that you sit there and you silently fantasize about. You're looking at them and you're just imagining yourself with them, having babies with them, having this perfect life, all this kind of crap. But you never actually step to them because you can't figure out a transition between being some weird dude sneaking peeks at somebody on the bus and actually starting up a conversation. I could never bridge that gap. I'm good when I could be around the lady for a certain amount of time where she can get to know me and realize I'm not some kind of serial killer or something she get to know that i'm a charming guy and then i can get to know her and then i can investigate her and she can investigate me and we can find out if we're compatible if we can move in on each other but it never happened like that with these type of fantasy people you know what i'm talking about You've seen the person across the street, ladies, that guy's got his shirt off and he's doing some construction work someplace and you fantasize about the guy. You're never going to step to the guy. You're never going to go out there and talk to the guy. But you just want to look at the bastard for five seconds while you go to the file cabinet. Of course, you make 16 trips to the file cabinet trying to be slick, taking one page at a time and you should bring the whole file. But it doesn't matter. You just want to look at the bastard. And that's how it was with me and this lady. 
There were times when they said, you want to come into work and work on this really, really horrible project that's going to be a complete waste of time? And I said, yes, I do, because I knew she'd be on that bus and I'd get to look at her. And it was worth taking that long ride to that crap job just to look at her because she was so good to look at. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. And it just got to be frustrating. It was wonderful and frustrating at the same time. It was wonderful because she looked like she was sculpted from my dreams. And it was frustrating because I know she was going home to somebody else. And usually what happens is something will happen. I'll miss a connection on a bus. She'll get another job. She'll start going to a different place. She'll get a car. I'll get a car. Something will happen where she'll just not be there one day. And you'll be sitting on the bus looking at the chair that she normally sits in or the road she normally sits in and you're wondering where she is and the fantasy's over but it was good while it lasted but i thought about it and i said you know what damn it the only thing she could actually do was reject my punk ass i gotta find a way somehow to step to this lady i gotta find out if i can move in on this awesome woman i gotta find out if this woman could be mine damn it i gotta do what it takes so I started paying closer attention to her. instead of just sneaking peeks. I started noticing the kind of books she was reading on the bus. And I realized we had very similar interests. Yeah. But for some reason, the bus was so packed I couldn't get near. There's no way to be smooth and try to talk to a lady on the bus and strike up a conversation when you got one hand in your back pocket to keep people from stealing your wallet and one half hand holding on to that strap so when the bus turns you don't get thrown out the window because nothing turns a woman on like a guy screaming like a little girl as he gets rocketed out the window of a bus onto the ground <laughs> that's not a good idea so one day the bus pulls up and there's almost nobody on the bus and i'm thinking crap pulls up to where she gets on and i'm not expecting her to get on but she gets on oh yeah and now she sits and she's sitting across from me looking good not that she was looking good she was looking good but the situation was also looking good and i'm looking at her book and I'm going, I got to get the courage up to talk to this woman. Normally, I don't have any problem talking to beautiful women. I could just walk up to a lady and start a conversation. I'm not one of those dudes that's afraid to talk to beautiful women. Never been that kind of guy. Never will be that kind of guy. But for some reason, this one woman destroyed my punk ass. I couldn't do it. But I was working my way up to getting the courage and just, just, I was trying to get into the starting blocks and start the race. I just, I got one foot into the stirrup. I was just trying to get going. And then I noticed this gorgeous woman was looking at me and smiling. And then when she caught me look and I caught her looking, she looked back down on her books and she smiled and she has dimples just like I have dimples. Oh, my goodness. Our kids are going to have dimples and she's pretty. And so am I. Yes, I am. Shut up. And she does the sneak peek look. She's pretending like she's looking at the book. And I look to my right to act like I'm looking at something because I want to give her another chance to look at the wonderfulness that is me. And she looks at me and I make it a point to make a dimple with my left cheek because I want her to know that not only am I the cutest dude on the planet, I'm the cutest dude on the planet that has deep dimples in both cheeks, just like she does. And like our future kids will, damn it. And she looks at me and she smiles and I say, ah, ha, ha, I caught you looking. So I look back at her and I said, hey, what you got there? And then we start, struck up a conversation about the book. And then I basically blurted out what I was thinking. I said, you know what? I noticed that you're on the same bus with me all the time. And quite frankly, you're the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. And it's really good to actually have the courage to talk to you because it took me a while to get up the courage to talk to you. And normally I'm not a punk like that, but you just blow me away every time you smile at me. You mind if I sit next to you and begin the process of begging? And yes, I said that. And she laughed. Yes, she did. And then she closed her book and turned toward me. And then I turned on the charm. And we started laughing and joking and having a great time. Yeah. And then there was a traffic jam, which normally would piss me off. But, oh, no, I'm going to have to spend 20 more minutes talking to this gorgeous woman. <laughs> I don't care. I hope all those cars catch on fire and we're stuck here forever. Damn it. 
But as it turns out, those 20 minutes weren't the best 20 minutes at all. No, because as she began talking, I realized, yes, she's a delight in short spurts. But I started noticing she's a little bit mean spirited when it comes to other people because she's now starting to trash people on the bus in a way that's way more than is necessary. And she's starting to talk about stuff in a way that makes me realize, uh oh, I should have stayed in the chair that I was in because she's a little bit on the what's the word I'm looking for? Crazy side. But she still looks like she looks. And there's a part of me that's going, okay, you know what part I'm talking about? The genitals that says, I know she's crazy, but you got to have sex with this woman. I don't care how crazy she is. I mean, look at her. She's perfect from head to toe, front to back. She's got the dimples like you. Oh, yeah, you got to you got to jump on top of this woman. You've been fantasizing about this woman for six weeks. You finally get up the courage to talk to you and you sit next to her. You find out she thinks you're cute and was looking at you, too. And you pretty much are guaranteed to you know what? You know damn well that all you have to do is pour in a little more charm. And all of a sudden you get her on a date. And the next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. And by the way, that means sex. <laughs> so she gives me her I know her name but she writes down her name she puts a little a little heart over the eye in her name she gives she actually puts her hand on my cheek pinches it and then kisses me on the forehead and says to make sure that I call her and she calls me cutie and as she walks I've already stared at her butt when she walked off the bus before I know how she walks but I know she's walking different now because she knows damn well I'm staring at that delicious buttocks and she's swinging it oh yeah damn it and I almost forgot how crazy she's gonna be because I couldn't stop thinking about her and there's a part of me that said, no, dummy, don't call this woman because this is not going to end well. The last time you dated a woman with these exact same attributes, how can I put it um, in a way that everybody would understand? You ever seen that movie Fatal Attraction? Yeah. Well, if she had just been that crazy, I could have dealt with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. But I remembered what she looked like and I was a young man at the time and I said, I don't give a crap. I'm calling her. I got to get on top of that woman. So I call her up and we're talking on the phone and she's just as charming as she was during the first five minutes of our 25 minute conversation. And right around the five minute mark, she started to act like the same nut job that she was before. Now, I don't want to say nut job to disparage people with mental illness. She was just a person who was just not a nice person at all. She just looked really good and I wanted to jump on top. Of her, but I knew I couldn't do it because she started telling me stories about her life and I knew I did not want to build a life around that. She's talking about how she has these crazy ex-boyfriends that are always showing up at her house. And they're not even the crazy ex-boyfriends that are the fathers of the five children that she has. And there's nothing wrong with having five children. She has two kids with one guy, three kids with another guy, and two ex-boyfriends who occasionally stalk the house. And the two fathers of her, her kids, the father of the two kids, and the father of the three kids occasionally get in a knockdown, drag out fist fights on her lawn outside of the house. Oh, yeah, that's exactly where I want to start build. I want to build my life around that nut factory. I don't think so. And I'm on the phone and she's talking and she's telling all these stories and I'm wondering why they don't follow her around with a camera and call it real housewives of whatever city she lives in. Because it was just as crazy as anything you see in here on those damn reality shows. Damn it. And all I can think about is how much I want to jump on top of this woman and do good stuff to her. And I know I better not because I know <laughs> if I do that, all of a sudden, I'm going to have to be on the lawn fighting these jackasses. And I'm not interested in that crap, even though I really want to jump on top of her. So I let that kind of peter out. I let that relationship kind of peter out. I didn't want to just abruptly cut it off because, quite frankly, she's already has four violent dudes around her as it is now. And the last thing I want to do is wind up on the eyewitness news. Young stand up comedian. That's Anthony Thomas had his ass viciously beaten by four dumbasses who 
prior to his involvement with the delicious woman were whipping each other's asses but because he was the new dude they all ganged up and quadruple whipped his ass he probably should have just looked at her ass on the bus and kept his mouth shut the dumb bastard i don't want that news report coming out damn it so i let the relationship peter out i let her think she (laughs) was getting rid of me so she felt like she quote one unquote and i got away And that was that was the first one. Now, when I started this segment, I talked about how I fell out of love with one of my other fantasy women. It was a fantasy woman that came up more recently. And she was just as beautiful as that one. Now, she may not be that beautiful to you. We're talking about what I like and to me. Oh, yeah. And I used to see her every day. And she used to brighten my day when I would walk into that location where she was. And I would see her. And, you know, we'd have that high ass high and then I would say her name conversation. We never really talked that much. Little then a little light crap talk that you talk at the front desk and a light crap talk where you're walking past each other. That garbage. But I used to love watching her walk and I used to love watching her smile and I used to love just looking at her. And she was my fantasy woman. You know that when you fantasize about her for four seconds when you're talking to her because the conversation only lasts 30 seconds. She walks away and you're going, man, oh, man. But there was nothing really wrong with her. She didn't have dudes fighting on her lawn, having knife fights on the lawn and have two exes actually have to schedule when which one of them was going to stalk her by hanging out. Did you have you scheduled to be in the tree and look in the window? Oh, man. Sorry about that. I'm next Tuesday. Okay, next Thursday, Friday and Saturday. I get to stalk her. Okay, great. That's what was going on with the first one. This next lady, the one I'm talking about now, the more current one, the newer one. She didn't have any problems like that. Nothing really like that. I just found that we weren't necessarily compatible with each other. That's all. But she still looked good. And I still wanted to jump on top of her. I still, she was my, still my fantasy girl. But very slowly I started realizing I wasn't attracted to her anymore. I mean, I was still physically attracted to her. I wanted to jump on top of her. But I didn't want to be with her anymore. I didn't make excuses to be around her anymore. Just so I could talk to her. Just so I could look at her in a sundress. Just so I could hear her laugh and see her smile. I didn't do that anymore. I kind of fell out of fake love with my fake wife. And my fake future children. I fell out of love with her. And I knew what had happened because one day she wore a kind of outfit that if she had worn that outfit a couple of weeks prior, I would have made an excuse to have a long conversation with her just so I could watch her walk around in that outfit. I would have done that. That's what young me would have done. I would have done that. That's what young me would have done. But now this outfit that would have destroyed me, been so provocative, I couldn't have thought straight in her presence, didn't do anything to me at all. I was wondering if she was trying to be sexy. I mean, who who does jumping jacks while squeezing one of their butt cheeks and eating a banana with whipped cream on the top of it? I'm like, what the hell is she doing? This is not how you behave in an office. And then I checked the office wall and I realized that everyone in the office did that. They all jumped, did jumping jacks, squeezing their left butt cheek and um, eating bananas with whipped cream on the top of it. I don't know why that office did that. I think there's something wrong with those people and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of sexual harassment suits. <laughs> okay, that part didn't happen. But she did wear something that normally would have been provocative and would have destroyed me and I would have been thinking about it all weekend. But I just said, hey, and walk right past. And she said, hey, and I didn't care. I fell out of love with my fantasy woman. And now I don't even have fantasy women like that. I mean, I still want to jump on top of Serena Williams, but I don't have that meter. see a person someplace and you have that fantasy about, oh man, a woman like that. I'd love to have one. I don't have that anymore. Why? Because it happened to me twice. The first time I had my heart broken because she was nuts. And the second time I had my heart broken because I investigated her and found that we're not compatible. I had been disappointed two times in a row. Oh, no. You know, it's like a lady that gets married to to a bunch of dudes. You marry two dudes and both dudes are cheating pieces of crap. And you don't want to get married again after that. You're going the last two times I got married. I got my heart broken by these two bastards. I'm not doing it again. Damn it. And that's how I felt. I'm not having a fantasy woman and having my fantasy heart broken. You're not breaking my fake relationship heart. Damn it. I'm not going to have it. So now when I see a beautiful woman, I just enjoy for being a beautiful woman. I don't fantasize about what it would be like to be married to her and having kids. Nah, I'll wait till I'm actually dating someone before I go that far. I feel like I've lost something, damn it. I've lost the ability to look at a beautiful woman, 
watch her walk towards me and in my mind have her moving in slow motion with a really bad 80s soundtrack playing in the background. That's long gone. And I feel like a piece of me is gone too. Have you ever had the fantasy person, you date the fantasy person or approach the fantasy person or talk to the fantasy person, try to spend time with the fantasy person and find out that they just looked good, but they weren't good for you? Doesn't that suck? You know, it'd be kind of like meeting your favorite sports star and you looked up to this guy your whole life and then you find out the bastard was on steroids the whole time. Or you find out the bastard was cheating and you're going, you inspired me, damn it. And now I find out you're a piece of crap. Well, that's how bad it felt. And that's how bad it feels. It's been seven or eight years since that second fantasy lady disappointed the crap out of me and I slowly fell out of love with her. (sighs) I would love to be able to be able to feel that way again. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I hope you can still do that. I envy you if you can. Now I'm going to go off and drink some green tea and watch the sunset. Thinking about the lost love that actually was not love because we never were actually compatible, never dated, never really met each other in a serious way. I'm getting kind of weird. Is this getting kind of weird? Really? It's getting kind of weird. I'm kind of taking a little far with regarding like short level fantasies about women that I really, really didn't know that well. Yeah, really? So you said you don't you you're gonna say you never did that? Is that what you're trying to say? Because if you're saying you never did that, I call bullshit. <laughs> Those are true stories, though. I really did that. That really did happen. You know, that's kind of weird, though. You know, you, the ladies. You know, it's like, it's like she's this sweet, charming girl. The girl, she was the same age I was at the time, and she has five kids and. Yes, she, she, I'm sitting there going, you really had, this really, there was really, do you have five kids, two were with one dude and three with the other dude? They, they, they get into fights on your lawn? She's talking about it like it's no big deal. Really? Oh, that, that's normal? Really? Oh, okay. Oh, and you have two boyfriends that, ex-boyfriends that stalk you. Yes, 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 yes. I am out of here. So what I'm saying is, folks. Sometimes you got to let a fantasy just be a fantasy. You don't want to investigate any further because it might turn out to be a tub of crap. So watch yourselves, damn it. Watch yourselves. (laughs) Segment over. You know what, folks? I feel really, really bad. You know, um, I I have a pretty good memory. And and I I can say that with, with complete honesty. Because I, I, uh, I did stand up for years and I would have to memorize hour long shows and hour half show, I want to have shows that I wrote and I would have no real problem doing that. And I would remember, I, I, you know, I remember what, what, what cities I was in, what cities I was going to be going to, the names of the club owners, all that kind of stuff. But there was some stuff that I forgot and it really bothered me. And it happened at a gas station. I go to the gas station and the guy calls me by name from afar and he didn't call me S. Anthony he called me Steve which is what the S stands for but nobody calls me Steve anymore everybody calls me S. Anthony they know better than that they know that's what I want to be called so no one calls me that and so right then and there I'm going okay apparently this is from this guy somebody I knew from a long time ago and he runs up to me and he's literally rattling off stuff that no, that makes me know he actually does know me. He's rattling off teachers' names. He's talking. Remember that time we went to the beep bop bop the beep bop and we did this and we did that and we did this and that happened this happened that and then he's rattling off relatives' names. And he and I didn't even get an a, opportunity to react to the cat. The guy walks up and bear hugs me, and I'm looking at the guy like, what the hell? I mean, obviously the guy knows me. Because he's rattling off specific things that I kind of remember, but I do not remember this guy. I don't remember this guy. So I'm trying to play it off. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And he gets in his Lexus and drives away. And I don't remember this bastard at all. And I felt bad. You know, don't you feel horrible when somebody, I mean, literally, if somebody remembers your name, remembers, remembers, you know, relatives starts rattling off specific things you did when you were 13 or 12 or 10 or 14 years old and you have no idea who this bastard is. Don't you feel bad? 
And then I started really realizing it's not my fault. It's the brain, damn it. It's the brain that sold me out. Because if you notice, your brain categorizes everything and prioritizes everything. It picks and chooses what you're going to remember. If it thinks it's important, it puts it up front. It puts it in a big file. Puts the file up front. Has neon lights on the file. You remember those things. You can't forget those things. But if it doesn't think that it's important, it just takes those files chops them up burns them sprinkles them in a pot of chili eats the chili craps them out and flushes them through the toilet and you can never retrieve it like that guy's name i don't know that dude's name i still don't know who that dude is i know so little about that guy i couldn't even go to other friends who might remember the bastard and tell him who he is because i in fact i don't even remember what he looks like now and that was three weeks ago yeah that's right It's weird. And I realize that the brain has to do those things. If you notice, a lot of times if something dangerous is about to happen to you, the brain very quickly assesses the situation. And if you're alive and undestroyed, it made the right decision. It made you turn right when you should have turned right to avoid something. It made you move out of the way when that big thing was flying out the window. It made you do jump over that car so that dog wouldn't bite you. It did all. It makes decisions, good decisions when it comes to life and death stuff. But when it comes to keeping you from looking like a dope, when somebody walks up and remembers 50,000 things about you, it leaves you out there like somebody throwing you under the bus at a bar when you're trying to pick up a woman. You didn't realize you had a kung fu expert boyfriend. You're trying to say you were gay and your friend goes, he ain't gay. And you're going, yes, I am gay. I'm gay right now. So he don't kick my ass. What are you talking about? Why are you whispering? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. If you really think about it, that's what the brain has to do. It prioritizes all of that crap and it throws you under the bus. You know, I remember it was I was getting my car fixed and there was a guy and we're sitting there talking. And normally I didn't go to this particular place to get my car fixed, but I needed to get it done. And this particular mechanic was available and I needed to get it done now. So I go to this place now and I meet a guy and he's a pleasant guy, a nice guy. We're having a great conversation. We're sitting there just talking about nothing in particular. Blah, 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 conversation, blah, 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 stuff in common, blah, 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 sports, blah, 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 weather, blah, 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 blah. Hey, this guy's pretty good fixing cars. All that kind of crap. And my brain sold me out again. I told him my name. And my brain must have gone, listen. S doesn't even go to this mechanic that often. He's never been to this mechanic. He'll probably never go to this mechanic again, which means he'll never see this guy again. I'm not putting this guy's name and information into the file folder. I'm not doing it. I don't care what S thinks. I'm not even consulting him. I'm ripping this file up, putting it through the shredder, burning it up, sprinkling it in chili, eating the chili, crapping it out, and flushing it in the toilet because he's not getting this information back because I'm not wasting space with it. And of course, you know, the inevitable happens. I run into the guy three days later. He runs up to me. He's rattling off all sorts of stuff we talked about. And I remember talking about that stuff. Could not remember this guy's name. If you handed me Serena Williams's hotel room key and told me she was waiting upstairs for some S machine. I couldn't remember that guy's name. And I felt like crap. I remembered his face, so apparently when my brain ripped up his file, the one, the one page with his face, facial features on it must have fallen out on the floor because I could retrieve that, but the rest of the information, nope, gone. And I wonder about that. You know, I mean, if you really think about it, when it comes to situations like that, it's almost as if your brain is like a defiant teenager. And even though you told it what to do, I want to remember this person's name. It decides it's going to do whatever the hell it wants to do and doesn't give a crap what you want to do. I don't feel like it. I know he wants to remember that person's name, but I don't feel like doing it. I'm not writing nothing down. Mm mm. No, 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 I'm not putting, I'm not memorizing, I'm not writing it down, okay, he's getting on my nerves anyway, meeting all these people, who told him to be so damn friendly, and I gotta remember all these names, cause he, cause he decided he wanna talk to everybody, I don't think so, okay, I don't remember, mm-mm. And you can't punish your brain. You can't punish your brain the way you'd punish a teenager. You'd ground the teenager. You can't ground your own brain. What are you going to do to your brain? You're going to give yourself a lobotomy to teach the brain a lesson? And that's not going to work. I've seen under the cuckoo's nest. That doesn't look like a pleasant experience. There's nothing you can do to teach your brain a lesson.
So all I'm saying is, you know, I wish the brain would just use the same kind of decision-making abilities that it uses to keep you safe, to keep the information that you need to keep, because it's annoying. How come you ever remember something really dumb, some obscure fact that means nothing to you? And you, you, you proudly recall it. And that guy went to school in Berkeley in 1847 and his favorite food was crumpets with mayonnaise on it. Aha! And everyone's like, I can't believe you remember that. And then you look at your girlfriend and she wants to stab you in the chest because your anniversary was yesterday. Why didn't you remember that anniversary? Or you can remember a guy who likes stuff with mayonnaise on it, but you can't remember my anniversary. Damn you, brain. I wish there was a way to punish you, but to do, I know what I'll do. You ain't going to remember the stuff that I want to remember, huh, brain? I don't think I will. I don't want to. Oh, really? You remember how we were going to watch PBS on Sunday? Yeah, I love it. That's my favorite meal. I know it is. I was going to go on YouTube and start watching some TED Talks. Oh, that's delicious. Oh, that's a, oh my God, it's like a seven-course meal for me. I know it is. I was going to read some really, really wonderful books on psychology. Oh, ho, ho, you are such a tease. But I'm not going to do it now, jackass. What do you mean? Oh, you're going to make me forget anniversaries? Hmm? You know how that affects the rest of the body, jackass? chest is upset with you because when i remember anniversary girlfriend rubs chest lips are mad at you because when the girlfriend is happy lips get kissed and i got news for you genitals is waiting outside with a baseball bat to kick your ass because you know what you made him miss out on so we all got this got together we're gonna teach you a lesson punk for the next six weeks we're gonna watch reality television you wouldn't oh i wouldn't yes i will and not only that <laughs> we're gonna listen to the pop music station you bastard don't you do it you better start remembering stuff i want to remember when i need to remember it you understand what i'm saying because damn it i'll start reading the sunday cartoons no i said i'd do it punk now, what are you going to do the next time I want to remember a person's name? I'll file it, you'll do, but I'll file it. That's right. Drop and give me 20 push-ups, jackass. Now, I want you to look at the television. All I did was load up next Netflix with kids cartoon. Oh, no. That's right. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch Dora the Explorer for 10 hours straight. And you're going to start turning into garbage. All right, I'll remember. That's right, brain. You may handle all the functions, but let me tell you something. I can still get to you, you bastard. All right. That's right. Sometimes you got to teach your brain a lesson. My brain was trying to be slick. I saw it trying to tear up that file when that hot girl gave me a phone number like I'm going to call that girl up and not remember her name. Oh, no, you don't, brain. I could see him reaching for the file to try to rip it up. <laughs> and then I put it and then I held up a DVD of Jersey Shore season one. No, uh, you thought I wasn't paying attention to you. So it closed the file and left her name in there. And then I called that girl and got it on with her. I had beaten my brain. Yeah. I know many of you wish you could beat your brain. You could teach your brain a lesson. Teach your brain who runs things. That's what I'm doing for you. So the next time your brain starts playing games, starts making you forget names, starts making you forget anniversaries and crap like that, you know what you need to do? Go on to YouTube and start watching fail blog and stuff like that with people falling over stuff and cat videos. <laughs> And once you get about two or three hours of that in, in, in there, your brain will do whatever you want it to do. It needs to be taught a lesson. It needs to be taught who's running things. Consider that a lesson from me to you, damn it. Yeah, I like to help my bastards. Segment over. All right, folks, let me ask you a question. I, no, you know what? It's not even a question. It's more of a statement than a question. Don't we realize as adults that we pretty much 
I mean, obviously, we all some of us, we all have specialized knowledge in a specific area. Some of us are doctors, lawyers, and you know, some of us have specialized uh, knowledge. Some of us are plumbers, carpenters, or you know, mechanics, whatever. But for the most part, when you take out our special our specialties and our fields of expertise, when it comes to everyday things, we all pretty much know the same crap, and we're all pretty intelligent people. You know, and my thing is, if we just assume an average level of intelligence for human beings, shouldn't we respect the decisions of the other intelligent human beings? You ever been in a situation where, you know, you know, the person should just defer to the knowledge of the person who's in the situation? They should defer to the knowledge. You don't know as much as that person or you can't see what the other person can see. And because you can't see what the other person can see, you should probably shut up and do what they say. Sometimes a situation is set up where there's a, there's a, 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 a set of rules that you need to follow. Like if you're in the army, you don't have time. The sergeant's not going to go, I need you to go here and do this and do that. Sergeant, uh, yeah, I understand that you have these things you need us to do. But before we go up there and attack those enemies, the enemy up there, could you explain to us exactly why we're doing it the way we're doing it? Uh, no, he's not going to do that. You wouldn't do that in the army, right? Because you don't want to be in the brig or get your ass whipped. Sometimes you have to shut up and do what the people are saying. Now, I'm the kind of person that I like to know why I'm doing things also. But if I'm in someone else's house, someone else's business, someone else's something, I'm going to calm down and kind of do what they say because they know more about the situation than I do. Tell you a little story. Um, couple in California, friend of mine, friends of mine have a special needs relative that's staying with them he's i i don't know if you call him highly functioning because he can cook for himself you can have a conversation with him um and if you look at him he sometimes when you have a person who's, who's developmentally um halted has a developmental uh, deficiency what happens is you know there's something askew maybe they don't put their clothes on the right way maybe they sit in a specific way maybe there's some kind of physical something that makes you think immediately notice that they're a little different than what one would consider quote normal unquote and i have relatives like that as well and you know you you, you know uh you know you hang out with them and, and and you love them and everything but you can see other people looking at them and automatically know that there's that they're different well this guy was not like that you couldn't immediately tell that he that he had a developmental deficiency you couldn't immediately tell so sometimes people's guards would be down around him one of his problems was there were certain items in the house he would ingest and you had to be prepared for it now as the couple who was watching him caring for this relative they could immediately walk into the situation assess the situation and make the correctment make the corrections that would keep him safe you know he would do things like literally take it like say you had a you know the, like a, a those little those round containers of salt the big ones if you left him alone more than three seconds with it, he would literally take it and dump the entire contents down his throat. That's not good. So this couple had friends of theirs stay with them for a while. And the friends didn't understand the seriousness of it. So they told him, listen, we have a shack in the back is where we keep all the things. We want you to when you finish with the salt, put it out back because he will eat too much of it. Now, granted, they should have probably said he'll eat the whole container. But when someone says eat too much of it and put it out back, they think, well, maybe he's going to shake a little too much. If this food's a little salty, with big, what's the big deal? So they forget and they leave the salt out. And of course, the inevitable happens. He comes downstairs. He sees the salt. He goes downstairs, looks around, sees nobody down there, comes back upstairs because they're sleeping. He grabs the salt, pours it all down his throat. Hello, poison control. And there you go. So they go, listen. He does these things. I know he seems like he's close to you can't tell that he has these problems because you don't interact with him that much because you're running in and out of the house. But please do me a favor. Take the salt and put it in the back. 
and also 409. And why, why do I say 409? Because this guy would, he, there were certain cleaning products you could just leave right in front of him. He wouldn't touch him. 409 was not one of them. For some reason, he saw that label and he liked to drink it. And they every time there was 409 in the house, it went right back into the shack. Please put the 409 back into the shack. They did not put the 409 back into the shack. He drinks it. Hello, poison control. And they... And, and that becomes frustrating because you know certain things. The people didn't understand that it was important to get that stuff out of the way because it was poisonous to the guy. It was, it was endangering him. Now, that's a more serious level of it. But when you really think about it, if you listen to what the people in the house told you, if you did what they asked you to do, this problem wouldn't exist. And it happens all the time. It'll happen. One of the times when it happens on a regular basis is in traffic. Ever been the first car in a line of traffic and the person behind you was just honking the horn like a mad person because you didn't immediately take off on the green, not realizing that because you're the first line in traffic, you can see the police car speeding down the street and you know you probably don't want to pull up in front of it. Or you can see the ambulance and you know you probably don't want to pull up in front of it. You don't want to be doing something dumb like that. But the person behind you who can't see thinks you should. But if you're an intelligent human being and most people are intelligent human beings, you would think that they would wait a couple of seconds and defer to you because you can see things they can't. Just like in with the people with the with the with the with the man who was developmentally disabled. They could see the problems before you could. They could assess the situation before you could. But because you didn't you don't understand and you didn't do what they said, you caused problems. And this happened to me today. I'm the first car in the line of traffic and I'm pulling up and there's nobody in front of me. And I can see out the corner of my eye on the left side of my car, a car. I can see a gigantic car carrier about to make a turn. And I know at that size with the wide turning radius that it needs, it's going to need maybe a quarter of the block to turn. And I kind of don't want to be there when it does. There's a car behind me honking his horns, middle finger shaking his fist because I stopped. He pulls around me to the left, to the, to the driver's side, gives me a look and you, you dirty mother. And he steps on the gas and tears towards the corner just as the gigantic car carrier is turning onto the block. And he came within, I'm telling you, about a foot and a half from having a whole face full of rapidly moving car carrier. He just assumed I was an idiot that just had this really weird need to stop in the middle of the block for no reason. And he just, you dirty motherfucker. And he spit around. He's stomping on a horny. And almost got his ass killed. <laughs> Sometimes you got to defer to the people that are in the situation. Sometimes they know more than you do. And sometimes you just got to shut the fuck up and let people do what they do. <laughs> I often wonder why people do that. Why people just assume everybody else is an idiot. And not realizing that if an, if an intelligent ad adult makes a decision, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. You know? You see that all the time. I remember um, it was a, a plumber. He was doing something. And, oh, that's what it was. That's that's what this was. This was. Oh God, this was. So, this this was this this was almost horrible. This was almost horrible, and it happened in my friend's house. Uh, he had his he had the um, the snake, and the plumber was pushing the snake down the drain he had the gloves on but he was he was very you could see he was making it a point to not touch the, the snake when it was spinning and he says to the guy says whoa 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 don't touch the snake don't touch the snake when it's spinning it's not don't touch the snake when he's when it's spinning and he had gloves on too and he was trying to help the plumber the plumber didn't need any damn help but he's one of those guys that had to get in on it and the plumber goes no 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 don't touch don't touch don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. because he didn't have time to go listen when the snake is actually spinning, it's attached, it's attached to a really, really powerful motor. And if your hands actually come into contact with the snake while it's spinning, trying to catch the garbage that's down the drain, attach itself to it and pull it back up, well, it's either going to rip several layers of skin off of your fingers or break your wrists. He didn't have time to say that. So 
the guy is about to put his hand on the on the on the snake thing. I knew that you shouldn't grab it because because I talked to a, another plumber, and the plumber told me because I have a snake for my, my my own that I use, and I know don't touch it when it's spinning, and he told me why. So I knew that. So I was kind of not paying attention, and the plumber was occupied, and he had this look of horror on his face. He was saying, "Don't." He didn't have time to say all of the reasons, and I saw my friend grabbing it and i'm going and i literally it was like it was like grabbing a kid that's about to walk into traffic you know you ever have a you're standing there with a kid and you think the kid you, you pretty much train the kid don't walk into traffic and the kid's not paying attention and they step out in the traffic you see a car coming you reach out you grab the collar and yank the kid back by the neck and the kid's looking up at you like what why what did i do and it was like this i literally jumped over the table grabbed his collar and yanked him back and he's like, what the hell are you doing, man? And the plumber goes, thank God. And then we explained to him, dude, if you had grabbed the damn snake while it was spinning, you'd have two broken wrists right now. The plumber said, don't, don't, don't. I'm cool. I don't need help. And you decided to help him by putting your hands on a rapid piece of, a piece of machinery that's moving rapidly you should have deferred to his knowledge he knows more that's why he's not touching it why would you try to touch something that the plumber's not touching had he done that he'd have two broken wrists and he'd probably be blaming the plumber <laughs> sometimes you got to defer to the knowledge of the person who knows more about the situation than you do and I had to teach and I had to learn that myself. I had to learn that myself. Because <laughs> when I was younger, I was 17, 18, 19 years old, maybe 20 years old. And I was dating 28, 29 year old women. And basically, when you're a 28 year old woman who's doing your thing and you're dating a 20 year old guy, you're dating a 20 year old guy for one reason and one reason only. He's cute and you want to bang somebody that you're not serious about. Right, guys think they're the only ones that do that. You think, oh, I'm just going to jump on top of her because she's hot. <laughs> I'm not serious about it. Well, women do the same crap. Now, if you're the same age and you know what's going on, it's really not a big deal. When I was eight, when I was in my 20s and my 30s and women were like, you're cute. And then they jump on top of me and get it on. And I knew they weren't serious about me. They just thought I was cute. Guess what? I didn't give a damn. I didn't care. You know, because I was a mature man at that point. When you're in your late twenties, you're a mature man. I know you. I know you just think I'm cute and you want to jump on top of me. I don't have a problem with it. But when you're 19, 20 years old and a 28 year old jumps on top of you, you think you got a girlfriend. You think you have a wife. And I had older comics telling me, "Look, she's a wonderful 28 year old lady. She thinks you're cute. You're having a great time, and everything's great." I'm telling you now. You're too young for her to take seriously. You're 20. She's 28. She thinks you're cute. She wants to jump on top of you. You are basically a sex toy with a wallet. Okay? That's what you are. You're a sex toy that tells jokes. You're a sex toy that can get up and leave. Just remember that. Oh, no, no, man. You don't understand. She really needs me, man. She cares about me, man. She loves me, man. The older people were looking at me like, oh, my God, what a dumbass. And I really thought I had a girlfriend. I 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 jumped on top of her a whole bunch of times. And then I showed up at our house to surprise her. And I did not surprise her. I surprised me. Because I walked over there and some other guy was uh, not that. Yeah. And she goes, hi, how you doing? What, what are you doing? And I'm going, and she's coming to the door with a towel on. And I'm thinking, oh, <gasps> jackpot. <laughs> she's already naked. It's time to get it on. But as it turns out, she was showering after getting it on with somebody else. And it ripped my heart out. But they had told me. They actually knew her and she wasn't a bad person. She was just a young woman who didn't want to be in a relationship. I should have just been happy to be one of the two guys she was getting it on with. She wasn't getting it on with a whole bunch of people. She was serial dating. And then she actually, you know, 
allowed somebody else to put their nuts in her cereal. <laughs> yeah, I went too far with that, but for that, and whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you know. But as an older guy, I immediately assess it. You can tell when somebody just wants to jump on top of you and they're not serious about you. But back then, back then, I should have deferred to their knowledge or at the very least listened to it and took it into consideration. Sometimes, no matter how smart you are, somebody else is either smarter than you are or at the very minimum knows more about this specific thing, this specific situation, this specific turn of events than you do. I have a friend with a master's degree in, I'm not going to say what he has a master's degree in because then I will immediately be identifying which friend. So I have a, a few friends with master's degrees, which is weird because I didn't even go to college. But what I'm saying is they have master's degrees in, in many things. But when it comes to certain things, they don't know a damn thing. I know a guy who has double masters and he can't work a computer at all. Well, at the time, he couldn't work a computer at all. So he deferred to the knowledge of the dopey 15 year old who knew computers, 15 year old kid who knows computers do with 87 master's degrees. He knew the kid knew more than he did. He deferred to the kid's knowledge. That's what we got to do sometimes, man. Sometimes, like I said, people will know more than you do. Damn it. You bastards. And if they do. Shut your mouth and learn. And I say that because. Everybody in the world should defer to my knowledge because ah, I know everything ah, <laughs> and you know this segment over. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast starring yours truly, S. Anthony Thomas. This is episode number 172. And one more time, I just want to thank you guys very, very much for supporting the show, for telling your friends about the show. Because I've seen a whole bunch of different people um, coming on and listen to the program. You know, people ask me a lot of questions. Sometimes it's, I throw a lot of comedy in there and sometimes I keep it very, very serious. And, and it's a podcast. So, you know. I like to mix it up a little bit, you know, it's like when I used to do one man shows, you know, there'd be sometimes you do all comedy, sometimes you do serious crap, sometimes it's all of one or, or the other. So that's what the thing is. Now, by, by trade, I'm a comedian, but also I do do other things. And this is one of the other things that I do. Um, I want to thank you guys very, very much for understanding the weird crap that I like to talk about. Um, I want to say special shout out to people that have been listening to me the entire time because I know there's people out there that have been listening to me since episode one and this is episode number 172 thank you very very much you have no idea what that means to me to the new people that have come along and that have brought friends with them thank you very 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 much you don't know what it, how, how it feels to know that there's a lot of really cool ass people that come along and listen to the stuff listen to your ideas and listen to your thoughts and all of that kind of stuff it means a lot to me it really really does and uh, so do me a favor keep that shit up <laughs> tell your friends bring your friends back if you think your friends are like this crap tell them to come along also do me a favor if you're on twitter and you're not following me please do so and there's two places i need you to follow me the first one is at s anthony thomas that's my twitter and the twitter for the show which will be information i'll throw some jokes on there or just basically you know show related crap is at s anthony says so mine is at s anthony thomas and the shows is at s anthony says for the new people old people i know you know what the email address is for the new people you don't know what the email address is feel free to send your emails and um descriptions of your love for me and use words like genius and incredible man to the s anthony says podcast at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you Thank you very, very much for everything, my brothers and sisters. I love every last one of you bastards. Thank you, and I will see you next week. S. Anthony out. Go. S. S. Anthony Thomas. Go. S. S. Anthony Thomas. Go.
time.